The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that serves up a fresh batch of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Blousier, and today we're trying to answer the age-old question of who put the hole in the donut and why. The day was June 22, 1847. According to culinary legend, American sailor Hanson Gregory invented the ring-shaped donut. He was 16 years old at the time and working as a cabin boy aboard the merchant schooner Isaac Acorn. To make the voyage more pleasant, Gregory brought along his favorite comfort food, a batch of his mother's homemade donuts. Unfortunately, there was no consistent shape for donuts in the mid-19th century. Sometimes the dough would be twisted or cut into crude squares, but for the most part, donuts were just formless lumps. That made it difficult to fry them evenly, and as a result, most donuts of the day were overly greasy and raw in the middle, the perfect recipe for indigestion. Elizabeth Gregory's donuts were no exception, and on June 22nd, her teenage son decided to do something about it. He took the circular lid of the ship's pepper box and used it to punch a hole in the center of the dough. Once the greasy middle was carved away, all that remained was a tasty wheel of well-fried dough, or, as Gregory would later claim, the world's first ring-shaped donut. No one knows the exact origins of the donut, but humans have been eating some form of sweetened fried dough for thousands of years. In ancient Greece and Rome, for example, people would fry up strips of pastry dough and glaze them with honey, or in some cases with fish sauce. Centuries later, during the Middle Ages, Arab chefs started frying small bits of unsweetened yeast dough, which they would then slather in sugary syrup. Meanwhile, 
cooks in countries like the Netherlands, Germany, and England began making fried fritters, which were essentially deep-fried balls of dough, an especially popular treat during Yuletide festivals. But no matter which culture you visited, either in ancient times or in the Middle Ages, you wouldn't have found a hole in any of their fried dough treats. In fact, the only known proof of a holy donut that predates Hanson Gregory are a series of petrified fried cakes found at Native American dig sites in the southwestern United States. The remains of those cakes are thought to date back to prehistoric times, and each one of them features a hole right in the center. Still, it's unclear how Native Americans would have prepared the fried donuts, if that's even what they are, as it's kind of tough to work out a recipe from fossilized food. In any case, the closest ancestor to the donuts we know today is likely a traditional Dutch treat called olibols, or olikoks. The names translate to oil balls and oil cakes, and they're pretty spot-on descriptions of the dish. First, Dutch chefs would make a simple dough from flour, eggs, yeast, and baking powder. Then, they'd add in nuts, dried fruit, or citrus zest, roll the dough into balls, and fry them up in lard. In the 1600s, Dutch immigrants arrived in what's now New York City, and they brought their recipes for oil cakes with them. Other colonists embraced the decadent treats, for obvious reasons, and somewhere along the line, they started calling them donuts. One of the earliest appearances of the word is in Washington Irving's 1809 parody history book, titled A History of New York, From the Beginning of the World to the End of the Dutch Dynasty. In one section, Irving draws a clear line between oil cakes and doughnuts, describing the dish as, quote, balls of sweetened dough fried in hog's fat and called doughnuts, or olicokes. It's easy enough to work out the dough part of the name, but the nut is a little trickier. Some etymologists believe it's a reference to the small, round shape of early doughnuts, which looked a bit like nuts, especially once they were fried. Another theory is that the nut refers to literal nuts, such as hazelnuts or walnuts, which were sometimes chopped and placed in the center of a doughnut instead of fruit. Either way, it's clear that the term doughnut was in use long before Hanson Gregory came along. But while the New England sailor didn't invent the name or the food itself, many would argue that he did perfect it. Hanson Gregory was born in Knox County, Maine in 1831 and first went to sea at age 13. His mother, Elizabeth, always packed a box of fried dough pastries for her son and the rest of the crew. And as time went on, she started adding ingredients from the trading ship's cargo, including nutmeg, cinnamon, and lemon rind, which may have been an attempt to ward off scurvy. According to Gregory, it was three years into his career at sea that he hit upon the idea of putting holes in his mother's donuts. Several versions of the story have circulated over the years, including differing accounts from Gregory himself but the most widely accepted is the one he told the Washington Post in 1916. The colorful account is a little too long to read in full, but here's a taste. Quote, in them days, we used to cut the donuts into diamond shapes and also into long strips, bent in half and then twisted. I don't think we called them donuts then. They was just fried cakes and twisters. Well, sir, they used to fry all right around the edges, 
but when you had the edges done, the insides was all raw dough, and the twisters used to sop up all the grease just where they bent, and they were tough on the digestion. Well, I says to myself, why wouldn't a space inside solve the difficulty? I thought at first I'd take one of the strips and roll it around. Then I got an inspiration, a great inspiration. I took the cover off the ship's tin pepper box, and I cut into the middle of that donut the first hole ever seen by mortal eyes. Well, sir, them donuts was the finest I ever tasted. No more indigestion, no more greasy sinkers. Just well done, fried through donuts. After returning home from his fateful voyage, Gregory taught his mother the secret to ring-shaped donuts, and she started selling them locally herself, reportedly to great success. By the time Gregory sat down for an interview with the Post, the Holy Donut had become popular not just in Maine, but all over the country and even in the trenches of Europe. During World War I, the Salvation Army fried donuts with a hole in the middle to raise money for the war effort. The organization also set up canteens in towns near the front lines, serving coffee and donuts to soldiers in need of a pick-me-up. The women who ran those outfits were nicknamed Donut Dollies, and their service was such a welcome comfort that it was offered again during future conflicts, including World War II and the Vietnam War. As for Hanson Gregory, who eventually became a captain of his own ship, he passed away in 1921 at the age of 89. By then, he'd been widely accepted as the inventor of the modern donut, a credit he continues to hold, deservedly or not, to this very day. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback you'd like to share, feel free to get in touch by writing to this day at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust 
into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 